The South Carolina Gamecocks lost a heartbreaker to the Irish in the Gator Bowl last week. What led to the Gamecocks losing in the end? Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And what an eventful last 72 hours it has been. This weekend was quite the doozy. The South Carolina Gamecocks lost a close one to Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl this past Friday. And then, of course, this weekend was also the college football playoff semifinals. Two really big games between Georgia and Ohio State. And, of course, TCU upsetting the Michigan Wolverines. And, of course, it is now 2023. So, Happy New Year to all of you. I hope that you have had a wonderful holiday season. Let's talk about this game. I'm not going to talk super in-depth regarding everything. But we're going to go over some of the few main points to take away from this contest. So, let's go over why South Carolina lost this game in the first place. Of course, at the start of the game, South Carolina got off to a really hot start, at one point being up 21-7. to And it looked like the Gamecocks were on the verge of potentially, if a couple plays bounced their way, maybe pulling away from Notre Dame and making this a convincing win. But Notre Dame ended up fighting back and winning at the very end. Why did that happen? Well, South Carolina lost the Gator Bowl because... The game turned into a war of attrition between the Gamecocks and the Irish. And Notre Dame's play style offensively was perfect for that kind of game. It turned into a nightmare matchup for South Carolina in terms of the play style between them and Notre Dame. And the Gamecocks wound up seeing this change occur due to a couple of different reasons. Firstly, let's talk about South Carolina's offense. South Carolina, as I mentioned earlier, they got off to a really hot start in the first quarter. Obviously, it wasn't all just because of the offense. They got a touchdown from each unit, offense, defense, and special teams, all within the first 15 minutes. It made the first quarter feel like the whole first half had just taken place. But in the last 35 minutes and 6 seconds of this ball game, outside of South Carolina's second touchdown drive of the game offensively, the Gamecocks only racked up 58 total yards of offense. To put it bluntly, South Carolina's offense became completely stagnant. They were stuck in the mud beyond halfway through the second quarter. Could not get the ball moving. Could not really push the ball downfield very much. Spencer Rattler was clearly, in my eyes, pressing way too much in the second half especially. I thought you could tell this because of the the fact that it seemed like every pass that he threw, the ball was sailing. It was high. It was wide. Receivers were having to try to make circus catches just to get the football. And Spencer, quite honestly, was just not accurate enough. Now, 
admittedly, that wasn't maybe all his fault because the offensive line was giving up some penetration in the pocket, but there were also plenty of throws where, you know, Rattler had some time or he was able to get out of the pocket and reset his feet. And so, compared to what we saw in the last two games of the regular season, Spencer Rattler just did not play a complete game on Friday night. There's no question about that. And, of course, having no running game did not help him. Now, of course, coming into the game, South Carolina fans and media members alike pretty much expected that South Carolina was not going to be able to run the football very much and probably wasn't going to try to, you know, make it a point of emphasis necessarily in the offense like Notre Dame was possibly going to. And that's what ended up playing out. South Carolina did not, I believe, let any player offensively get more than nine or ten carries in the football game. And while Juju McDowell did have a couple really solid runs early and often, Notre Dame did a really good job of rallying sideline to sideline, and even when the Gamecocks were getting yards in the second half, it was usually like maybe one to three yards at a time, and obviously, if your running game's getting so few yards every single time that you are, you know, putting the ball in the hands of your running back, that's not a recipe for success, so... In that case, I wonder why on Joyner didn't get more Wildcat snaps. He ended up with only one carry the entire football game, and I get it. You have Spencer Rattler back there at quarterback. You don't want to take the football out of his hands for, you know, a third of the game just to put on Joyner back there. No offense to Joyner, of course. But at the same time, Joyner, in my opinion, to at least give Notre Dame another look, should have gotten some more Wildcat power snaps. Similar to some of the stuff that they did against Tennessee, especially. And I thought that could have been a unique and creative way to try to, again, offer a new dimension to the ground game. But for whatever reason, that just ended up not really happening against the Irish this past Friday. Another thing is um, South Carolina's defense let Tyler Buckner control the game on third down. I don't have the numbers in front of me, of course, but Notre Dame converted a lot of really critical third down plays in this game. And it was partly due to Tyler Buckner's legs, which I clearly vastly underestimated when I um, talked about him this past week in some of the preview shows leading into the Gator Bowl. And he also made some unbelievable throws under pressure. Let's just say this. I know that Sam Hartman, the quarterback from Wake Forest, is either planning to or has already entered the transfer portal. And if he does or he has already, it seems like the most likely destination is Notre Dame. But I will say this, if that ends up playing out in that fashion, Notre Dame's going to be really solid quarterback next year. They're not going to have to worry at all having Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner back there, assuming, of course, Buckner doesn't turn around and enter the transfer portal himself. Another reason why South Carolina lost this war of attrition was because of the lack of depth at certain positions. Look, not offering this up, of course, as an excuse, and I'll dive into that more in just a minute, but there's no question that South Carolina was really hurting, particularly at the skill positions on both sides of the field. On offense, the receivers had to play the majority of snaps in the entire game. There was very little rotation there. And, you know, the guys that did play, Omega Blake, Landon Sampson, and others, understandably, because of maybe the lack of playing time they've gotten this year, just weren't able to make as much of an impact. Defensively, it was worse. The Gamecocks barely were able to really rotate anybody back there. And um, a lot of those guys ended up playing almost every single defensive snap in the game. Nate Atkins, who was the last scholarship tight end for South Carolina coming into this game, got hurt not once, but twice, and had to leave the game in the third quarter because obviously, as much as South Carolina really loves Nate Atkins and their offense and needed him in this game, 
His health and safety is the most important priority for him and his future football career. So they had to take him out and pretty much just go four and five wide, 10 personnel the entire rest of the game a certain ways into the third quarter. And these depth issues compounded everything else that I've already mentioned because the offense, therefore, couldn't keep players back in the pocket to try and protect against Notre Dame's pesky pass rush. And the defense, they couldn't get off the field. And when the defense couldn't get off the field, that just meant that more of these guys were playing more snaps out there. And, of course, I mentioned the defensive secondary. I didn't even talk about Jordan Birch and all the snaps he had to play out there. Jordan Birch looked like he was about to fall over in the second half late in the fourth quarter. He was so exhausted. Now, let's get this out of the way. South Carolina was down a bunch of players in the Gator Bowl, without question. But at the same time, Notre Dame was also down their best player, period, in Michael Mayer, and their best defensive player in Isaiah Foskey. So you cannot play the game of, well, South Carolina just didn't have their entire starting lineup, and if they did, they would have won this game easily. You can't say that. I mean, you can't. Notre Dame was the better team on Friday night. They were. And if South Carolina was good enough in terms of their depth at certain spots, which they still need to build up, obviously, then they probably would have won this game. But they didn't. But also, Notre Dame wasn't playing South Carolina at full strength. They managed to find ways to win. So that's really all there is to it at the end of the day regarding how South Carolina lost the Gator Bowl against Notre Dame. So when looking at the Gator Bowl, what are some of the positive and negative takeaways that you can have coming out of the Gator Bowl and heading into 2023? We're going to dive into those takeaways in just a few moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. Now, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help achieve your goals. Let's say that you have a goal that you want to break your sales record by the end of the year. And obviously, a big part of sales is marketing and advertising. And let's say maybe yourself and most of the people in your small business aren't very tech savvy. You're not really up to date on all the latest trends with social media and how to utilize the internet in order to be able to get your product out there to a bigger audience, a bigger group of people. So you hire someone specifically for that role to help you break that sales record and therefore, of course, earn more profit and Make sure that your business is doing well by the end of the year. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus other leading competitors in the industry. Because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions still apply. Welcome back to the first 2023 edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. I want to thank y'all once again for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports today, where the biggest stories around the sports world take place in 20 minutes or less. Plus, you'll get instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, 
Now let's talk about some of the positive and negative takeaways that we could have leaving the Gator Bowl and now heading into the 2022 offseason. So the first positive that I really took away from the Gator Bowl was while South Carolina, of course, wasn't able to get it done at the end of the day, and part of the reason was because they did admittedly, you know, not have some of the key cogs from the 2022 regular season, they did see a couple of players emerge on the team this past Friday. One of those players was Xavier Leggett at wide receiver. Xavier Leggett, obviously, he's already alluded to the fact that he is probably coming back for the 2023 season. He's motivated to come back for one last season and really show everyone that he can do more than what he has done up to this point in his career. And I think that Gamecock fans got a taste of that when they watched the Gator Bowl this past Friday. Leggett, obviously, in terms of his physique, Leggett has always been built like a thoroughbred. The guy has got a lot of muscle packed onto his frame. He's always offered decent athleticism and pretty solid speed. It's probably just more of the nuances of the receiver position that he's really needed to try and refine. And you saw a little bit of that against Notre Dame with some of the quick passing game. Obviously, the first touchdown of the game was a screen pass. And even though Leggett needed to take a second or so to bring the football in, he was able to immediately cut that straight to the outside and run down the sideline exactly the way he needed to in order to outrun the last couple of Irish defenders and get in the end zone for six. The other offensive touchdown of the game was scored by Xavier Leggett. I mean, the body control that he had to go up and pinpoint where the ball was because it was another high-sailing pass from Spencer Rattler, and then having the awareness to get his foot down inbounds literally by mere centimeters uh, Xavier Leggett had a really solid game against the Irish, and if he can, of course, you know, continue to develop in the offseason, Leggett could be a really big fixture in the wide receiver rotation 2023, more than likely starting for South Carolina. Talk of Hemingway. I thought he played really well as well. He had to split time between defensive tackle and the edge positions because, obviously, of the lack of depth at that spot. I thought Tonka did a really good job considering the circumstances, the amount of snaps that he did have to play, and... If I haven't mentioned it before on the show, I'll say it again. South Carolina may be losing Zach Pickens. And obviously, they're going to lose great leadership with Pickens heading on to the NFL. But in terms of the impact on the field that he can bring and the athleticism that Hemingway has, I think Hemingway can really slide right on into Zach Pickens' spot for 2023. And I think that with Tonka Hemingway, you're going to be watching a guy that can not only just completely dominate a guy through bull rushing, but can also really make an impact in terms of his pass rushing moves and also being able to run horizontally sideline to sideline. I think Hemingway could be due for a breakout season in 2023. Another positive takeaway, the fan base is clearly behind Chambermer and this program. And that's still something very important to take away from this contest. If you were there in Jacksonville, in my eyes, the crowd was probably 70% South Carolina, 30% Notre Dame, which says a lot about how the fans feel about this team and where things are heading under Shane Beamer. Because again, Notre Dame is a historic brand, but they're also a national brand. People all over the country love the Fighting Irish, and their fans normally travel quite well. So for South Carolina to outnumber the Fighting Irish's fan base to that great of an extent in Jacksonville... I know, obviously, they had the proximity advantage in that aspect, but South Carolina fans showed that, look, despite the result, they're excited about where things are going with Shane Beamer and the program that he has built over the last two years. Now, of course, while those are a couple of solid positive takeaways from the Gator Bowl, there were also a couple of negatives to take away as well. 
Let's start off with the most glaring one in my eyes. The rush defense issues that this team has, if they do not get fixed in 2023, it's going to turn into the issue that holds this team back from reaching its full potential. It's starting to get a little bit ridiculous at this point, to be honest with y'all. I've talked about this already multiple times throughout the 2022 season that South Carolina, in terms of rush defense, they continue to struggle. And maybe it's probably because they still need to get some different players into that defensive front. And maybe some new guys at linebackers would be able to help out some. But South Carolina, in my eyes, the last two years weren't really lacking in terms of their talent and overall experience in the defensive front. So I'm not really sure what the issue is at this point, but the 15th worst rush defense in college football this year, not going to get it done, was worse than they did in 2021. They gave up 265 yards to the Fighting Irish, and once again, they let a dual-threat quarterback just torch them all night. Now, to be fair about the Gator Bowl performance, yes, the Gamecocks had a lack of rotation and lack of depth overall heading into this game. Different people in the lineup as well. And this really hurts South Carolina. But there continues to be issues with tackling, setting the edge between the edge defenders, defensive ends, and linebackers, and defending the perimeter, which the Irish exposed, once again, as a problem for this defense. And a lot of this, in my opinion, does stem from technique, which comes from coaching. The coaching staff on defense has got to make some tweaks and changes in 2023. You're going to get some good players in this class that are going to be able to provide some immediate help in Grayson Pub Howard, in Desmond Umeo Zulu, in Xavier McLeod, and Montague Range. You're bringing in some really good talent. Elijah Davis out of the JUCO ranks. You've got to start showing some results soon because, again, if that doesn't happen, the rush defense is going to become the reason why South Carolina isn't winning more than eight or nine games in 2023. Number two, South Carolina has got to get more playmakers at wide receiver. Here's what I'll say. If Antoine Wells does come back for 2023, he is going to be the one receiver from this team that is going to put fear into opposing defenses. Now, obviously, you don't see receivers like that maybe too often, and every receiver can maybe put the fear in opposing defensive backs in their own way. Marion Brown, obviously, he can take the top off of defense on any given play. That's a reason to fear him, but in terms of constantly fearing somebody, Antoine Wells is the only guy that maybe has that kind of status at South Carolina's wide receiver position. And the other guys that, you know, I haven't mentioned, they pretty much have to be schemed open. Now, I will say this. Landon Sampson was a guy that did play some snaps in the Gator Bowl. I thought that, you know, he did all right for his first game of real playing time at South Carolina. And I think he could be really good. It hurt him that he enrolled in the summer and not in the spring. And so, obviously, he was a bit behind in terms of learning the playbook. I think he can play a much bigger role in 2023. Kelton Henderson, who's going to be coming in here as part of the 2023 recruiting class, in my eyes, is probably going to be playing right away. At the minimum, I think Kelton Henderson is going to be in the rotation heavily for South Carolina. Maybe not starting in week one in 2023, but when you watch his film from high school, Kelton Henderson, every time he touches the ball at that wide receiver spot, he makes plays happen. He doesn't have maybe, you know, game-breaking speed where he can just score in any given play, but he's got plenty of speed and ball carrier vision to get a bunch of extra yards after the catch. That's something that South Carolina just needs to get more of out of this current group right now, especially if Antoine Wells does not come back 
for 2023. So those are my positive and negative takeaways from the Gator Bowl. Now, since the Gator Bowl has taken place, some roster moves have occurred regarding both the transfer portal and one of South Carolina's offensive players announcing that he's coming back for 2023. So who is leaving and who is coming back? We're going to continue our discussion in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. The College Football Playoff National Championship is going to be taking place a week from today between Georgia and TCU, and the opening lines are out for this game. Georgia is a 13.5 point favorite against the Horned Frogs. TCU, in terms of the money line, is listed at plus 395, and the over-under has been set at 62.5 points. Do you think Georgia's going to blow out the Horned Frogs? Then take them to cover the spread, take money line, take whatever you want. If you think the Horned Frogs are going to pull off the improbable, then obviously take them to cover that spread. If you're really brazen, then take them to win outright. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from college football and the NFL to college basketball and esports. Bet Online has got it all. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, so let's talk about some decisions that have been made by some of the players on South Carolina's football team, starting off with the biggest news from Sunday night posted by Dakarion Joyner on Twitter as Dakarion Joyner announced that he is returning to the South Carolina Gamecocks in 2023. Now, Obviously, this is a really big move for South Carolina and it's going to be a huge deal for them, especially in terms of the locker room presence heading into next season because Dakarion Joyner brings a ton of experience to this team. Obviously, I believe that he signed in the 2018 recruiting class. So if you do the quick math, I believe this is going to be Dakarion Joyner's sixth season in college football. He will be basically a super senior as they've turned it now with the COVID eligibility rules that are in place and everything. So it's a big deal for South Carolina. Joyner is a respected voice in the locker room. He is somebody that a lot of the younger guys gravitate to. He is not afraid to take guys underneath his wing, whether it is on the football field or, you know, off the field with guys' personal life. He obviously, in terms of his play on the field, offers some Offensive positional versatility. He can play, of course, wide receiver. He can also play some quarterback as well. Heck, who knows? He can maybe even play some running back if he really chose to. But Joyner has always been a weapon for South Carolina. He's a very good athlete, and he is someone that you can move all over the field. And, you know, that's big for South Carolina. And again, I mentioned earlier, South Carolina lacks playmakers maybe right now at the wide receiver position. on Joyner does offer, however, some explosiveness in his own different way compared to all the other guys at that spot. So in terms of, again, locker room presence and everything on and off the field that on Joyner is about, this is a really, really solid piece of news for South Carolina, for Shane Beamer and the staff, 
who maybe won't have to worry about leadership as much on the offensive side of the ball because to carry on Joyner is going to be wearing Guardian Black one last time in 2023. Now, to carry on Joyner is coming back, but South Carolina is also losing a few players from the team. It has been announced since the Gator Bowl's conclusion that edge defender Hot Rod Fitton, long snapper Matthew Bailey, and running back Rashad Amos have all entered the transfer portal. And as far as I can tell, none of these guys are probably going to be coming back this next season considering the timing of when they are leaving and the subsequent role that they played or the lack of a role that they had for this team in 2022. So I'll discuss really quickly my thoughts on all these guys leaving, starting off with Hot Rod Fitton. Look, Hot Rod Fitton is a guy that I would describe as someone who is a weight room warrior. I mean, he's a guy that will probably have a lot of the records for your squad in terms of how much he can squat, how much he can bench, how much he can power clean. I mean, there was a video, I believe, this past summer, this past winter of Hot Rod squatting, I want to say at least 600 pounds, maybe around 650, 690. Hot Rod Fitton is a really strong athlete. I mean, he can get after it in terms of his weight room prowess. The issue is for Hot Rod, it seems like he was just never able to carry that over to the football field. Hot Rod was, I mean, behind a true freshman in Brian Thomas Jr. at the edge position, a guy that was a little bit smaller than him and, again, was a true freshman, just literally joined the team, I believe, back in the summertime. So for Hot Rod to get supplanted on the depth chart by Brian Thomas Jr., I think just tells you that the ride was kind of on the wall here. It just didn't seem like Hot Rod was ever really going to be able to find some playing time from this point forward at South Carolina. So not really a shocking move here in this circumstance. Same thing with long snapper Matthew Bailey. Matthew Bailey, of course, started last year. Matthew Bailey was a recipient of the Jake Panis Scholarship back in the 2021 season. That scholarship is named in honor of Jake Panis, who tragically passed away a few years ago, was a big-time Gamecock fan, high school football player. His dream was to play at South Carolina. It was such a really good story when that whole thing happened this past year. But unfortunately, in terms of on the field, Matthew Bailey was just never really able to put it together. It seemed like he held the starting position for most of 2021, but admittedly had a bunch of games where, quite honestly, Kai Kroger had to be just an absolutely ridiculous holder for South Carolina's field goal kicking unit for the Gamecocks to even get a lot of the kicks off at times. seems like at times he had to about do a somersault to get some of the snaps he was getting. So Matthew Bailey, to put it bluntly, he was inconsistent on the field. Game one this year, same thing against Georgia State. I believe there was a mishap on a field goal attempt. And so Pete Limbo put in Hunter Rogers, who turned around, was a second-team All-SEC selection, and turned around, also got a scholarship this year. And once that all happened, same deal as Hot Rod. Seemed like Ryan was on the wall pretty much for Matthew Bailey at that point. That, look, we're not carrying two scholarship long snappers. I mean, it's just not the way football works in college. Um, usually you get one scholarship kicker, maybe a scholarship punter. And if you're a Power 5 program, maybe a scholarship long snapper, but you just don't see that too often. So with Hunter Rogers being a scholarship long snapper, Matthew Bailey was pretty much gone. So, so Matthew Bailey has also left the program. And then lastly, running back Rashad Amos, who I kind of feel for personally, to be honest, because I think Rashad Amos is a running back that offers some real solid skills at the Power 5 level. But for Rashad Amos... The deal here is he just really never got a shot, it seemed like, the last couple years. And obviously, you know, the coaches are the people who watch him the closest. They're the ones that are seeing him on the practice field every time the Gamecocks are getting ready for these games, getting ready for a spring game, you know, scrimmaging and all that. And we're not able to see him 
for the entirety of a practice period. But for the amount of time South Carolina seemed to be lacking depth at the running back position in 2022, Rashad Amos just never really became a fixture, even in those situations at that position. And so um, I think that Rashad Amos probably wants to go somewhere else where he's going to have a chance to really earn some playing time. I definitely think that he's not going to have to go down to like the FCS level. I think Rashad Amos is a FBS running back. I could definitely see him starting for a bunch of group of five teams, and I could see him starting for some power five teams as well. I really think Rashad Amos has that kind of ability, but unfortunately, it just didn't work out for him at South Carolina. So with Hot Rod Finn, Matthew Bailey, and Rashad Amos, we wish all of these guys, of course, the best of luck with wherever they go to continue their college football career. But again, it seems like that their time in Columbia is over based on the circumstances of each guy's situation and the timing of each piece of news. So what are y'all's thoughts on how the Gator Bowl played out? Was there a different takeaway that you had that I did not list on today's show? What are your thoughts on DeCarion Joyner coming back? And what are your thoughts on the departures of Hot Rod Fenton, Matthew Bailey, and Rashad Amos? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section if you're watching today's show on YouTube. Or shoot me a DM on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC. And I'll try to respond to it as quickly as I see it. And once again, don't forget to make Lockdown Sports today your second listen or watch now that you have listened to or watched the Locked on Gamecocks podcast. Thank you once again for tuning into today's show. Again, hope you all had a great time in Jacksonville, despite, of course, the fact the game not working out in the Gamecocks' favor. Hope that your travels were safe. Again, traffic was horrendous on I-95 from what I heard, especially heading into Jacksonville. And I hope that you all have had a fantastic start to the new year. I hope that you all had a really fun time with your friends or family, whoever you were with to start off the new year. And here's to accomplishing all the goals that we all set out for ourselves, whether it's professionally, personally, or maybe another aspect of our life heading into 2023. I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Game Talks podcast.